Hello and welcome to the Pursue podcast. We're starting 2022 with a bang. Uh, Trolls, you're here with me. And we also have a very special guest. And this is hot off the press. We had to to switch on and cancel all our meetings, all our plans, and invite uh, Mr. Sievert Haugli here to, uh, to hear more what happened to him this week. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. We... Um, we had a fun night on on, on Tuesday. Uh, you were picked uh, by Portland Timbers in the MLS Super Draft. It was a very very special moment uh, for you and your your family, but also also for me because I've been uh, kind of part of uh, part of your journey for for a long time. And this was the ultimate goal that you set when you wanted to go to college in in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. It was the was the goal the whole time and it was a special moment and I'm glad that we got to share it together. Yeah, I mean you you live 10 minutes from our HQ. It's uh it's almost too good to be true that we we also can uh, have you here. You're you're flying out to Portland tomorrow. That's the plan. Uh, yes. That's the plan to get uh, get ready for preseason. Um and and of course we'll we'll delve into uh you know MLS and 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 you know, it, your college career culminating with being your name is out of the hat, picked by one of the absolute best clubs in MLS. I mean, they finished second, they won MLS. Uh, you know, this is not uh, a new club there. They are uh, one of the absolute uh, best ones, probably the the best fan base. And it's it's a super exciting place to, to play, go and play. Um, but I think we'll have to rewind a little bit to understand what it means then on Tuesday night, uh, you're, you're, you're picked, but there, there's it's not a coincidence that you're picked. It's been uh, a plan that started, you know, five years ago at least, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. maybe even earlier for you. But but talk talk us through how when you were playing at at Stabæk, you were playing in Badum uh, in, in in Norway. Uh, you thought about the U.S. and you you. Did you see that as a way to kind of continue that pro dream mm-hmm. instead of kind of doing it more a traditional route here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I went to NTG, which is the high school, like sports high school around here and played soccer there. So I played for Stabæk my first, only first semester there actually, before I transferred to Barum, a different different club. Um, and it was probably around like, um, my sophomore year, which is a call, but it's only thir- three years in high school uh, here, um, that some of my friends uh, decided, uh, older friends in high school, decided to go to college and commit to colleges. And some of them were using CSUSA. So I got in contact with them and just kind of early decided that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't that I wanted to use soccer to get an education. It was more that I wanted to prolong my soccer career and take out my full potential um, while getting an education. Um, and right away, I think that's what I said in one of the first meetings with you. Um, it that, was, yeah. That uh, I want to <clears throat> I want to get to the place where, um, where I can develop the most in hopes of being drafted at the end of my journey and, yeah. and getting a degree. So, yeah, 
I set that goal pretty early, um, and and here we are. Yeah, uh, and that's why, you know, we, we've uh, seen the hard work put into this, and and also that uh, determination from the beginning that um, this is the plan, and you you kind of followed it, and and uh, all, all the different decisions that you made over the years in college and during the summers and. Uh, you, you of course have delivered the right place at the right time. That's also what it takes uh, to, to get this opportunity. But um, I think this this for me is a story about goal setting and how you mm-hmm. you, you you put maybe a, we call it a hairy goal, right? Mm-hmm. You, you put a really uh, target ahead of you. Uh, that carrot was really far away from from the horse there, and but you were but you were every day working towards it yeah but it's not hard when you're doing what you love and what you like if i didn't like soccer or playing football which we call it back home um it would be a different story it would be hard to get up every morning but when you're just doing what you like doing and you have fun with it every day it's uh, it's a lot easier so i mean that helped me along the journey the fact that i never got tired of playing playing the sport and going to training every day and doing that extra stuff and yeah, once I decided that this is what I wanted to do and that's what I wanted to go for, it was it was pretty easy to make all the decisions along the way and, and playing summer league this past summer and in Iowa, Des Moines. Um, and yeah, just just working hard and, and <clears throat> staying true to to what I was doing in hopes of getting that ultimate goal. Yeah, but you did. I mean, of course, you uh, you, you you showed up in training and you you did did everything 100% but you did much more than that i mean you 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 worked extra with extra coaching on the side you you've done you know you, you can look at you, you're a you're a pretty powerful center back now and you don't become a powerful center back without uh, doing extra putting in you know get getting on the weights and extra running you've been working on your speed your agility you you've done a lot of extra things which is what it takes to mm-hmm. reach that goal, mm-hmm. that hairy goal you had to 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 reach MLS yeah. and be drafted. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think if you want to develop, that's the way to look at things. You have to look at your strengths and your weaknesses, and and try to develop your weaknesses and also kind of emphasize your strengths. So you said I'm a big guy and I've been in the weight room. So shout out to my strength coach, Coach Ron Dixon. Uh, he's a great guy and he's been helping me the past four years at Virginia Tech. Um, but yeah, and hard work is the key and it's pretty easy uh, if, if you love what you're, what you're doing. But it's it's been a long journey, um, uh, but it's been a fun three and a half years since I started at Virginia Tech. And that's helped as well, no doubt. Yeah, Because we... Um a lot of players that go to college with that ultimate goal of of being drafted, um, they we do put a plan together for hey we're gonna finish this up in three and a half years, mm-hmm. not not four years, which is the normal length of a degree. Uh, that's the most common thing. But you of course you can do do it quicker if you do a, a few extra classes here and there so that you can finish. And you, you graduated from Virginia Tech uh, in mm-hmm. December twenty twenty one. Yeah, according to plan. Correct. Uh, and then. Because then you're completely ready, mm. no obligations, uh, no responsibilities. Then when sure. when the MLS draft is is in January. Yeah, and that feels pretty good. The fact that I have a have a degree in my back pocket, so I can kind of um, go ahead with my ultimate goal and what I want to do now, um, and know that I have my degree to kind of lean back on if that 
wasn't going to work the way I wanted to. So, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a good feeling to have that. Um, and that was kind of the first decision going towards this draft that I made was taking classes during the summer uh, after my first year because that's at least the way I dealt with it was taking summer classes every summer um, online usually or I think actually all of them were online because um, then you, you could come back to Norway you could uh, correct, you yeah. could do it from here correct. you you played when you were home mm -hmm. uh, uh, and of course getting ready for the, the the main season which when you're a college player on, on a scholarship uh, mm -hmm. that is always the fall yeah. Um, yeah. but then you, you still come home you have three months of, of summer holiday from from early May to yeah. early August mm -hmm. and you have to you have to put the groundwork in there yeah. and get games in yeah. to be ready for a preseason and 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 then the long hard season. Yes, yeah, so I was. Um, I think all of my summers actually, except for the one I spent in in Iowa, I uh, was training with my old club Barum, um, that plays in the second division or third tier. Um, training with them, played a couple of games, mostly friendlies, I think. Um, and yeah, was just getting ready for the season and taking classes at the same time um, to try to kind of get ahead a semester, which I had to do to take it in three and a half instead of four and finish my degree then. Um, and that was a good thing. It was great. I like to be um, I like to be kind of forced to do something like today. I had to get up in the morning. If I didn't have this podcast, I probably wouldn't wake up at 930 or something like that or probably sleep in a little bit longer. So. When I have stuff to do, I get up and I'm fine with that. Um, and when I have school and, and training to do in the summers, which is usually usually a pretty chill period, um, it helps me to get going a little bit. So yeah, yeah it was a it was a win win situation. Yeah, because dr draft night was it, it, it's a long one, yeah. and uh, you know we were probably left from your house around one one thirty. Uh, but you had training in the morning with your, you know, you, you'd already scheduled so yeah, up early, uh, yeah. no, no time to celebrate that and just get a little bit better. And then, of course, with that added motivation to, well, I'm going to Portland to show mm -hmm. show how good I am and uh, just get get that spot on that team. Yeah, my legs were, were definitely a little bit lighter during that morning session after the draft. Got some extra motivation from that night. Um, but yeah, my dad... The day of the draft or the morning or something like that, my dad asked me, um, are you sure you want to do this session, training session tomorrow morning? Um, because it was kind of early, at least I had to get up early if I wanted to eat uh, a little bit before and get ready and stuff. Because he anticipated that the draft was going to take take quite a while, um, probably with the fact that I wasn't going to go in the first picks either. Um, so he was like, yeah, are you sure you want to still have this session this early? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. The draft will, will not take that long and stuff like that. And then <laughs> we were sitting there at like 1.30, 2 a.m. And I was going to be up in six hours in training. Um, but I stuck with it and it was fine. And it's just it's just one of those decisions you have to make um, down that road that hopefully will will, will make you better. Uh, it, and it definitely has made you better. Yeah, so we started that re recruiting process, you know, how to get to college, where to where to go, and uh, we on, on the the board we had, hey, ACC Atlantic Coast Conference, that's mm -hmm. where you really wanted to play. Mm -hmm. um, so so that was the yes, we we can try that. You didn't have like the the the, the full profile at that time. You were still quite young uh, of of 
a, the typical ACC player. Mm-hmm. It was certainly, I felt, because I'd seen you in action, seen you play and, and saw the, the potential in, yeah, you, you, you can have what it takes. Um, but it was not like a shoe-in to just get you to ACC. I mean, it's really tricky. ACC. That, that's uh, regarded as the best, uh, the, the best division or confer- conference in in Division One uh, in NCAA. Um, you, you did have a really really good showcase. Mm. That's kind of what kicked off this uh, mm-hmm. this process of yours to yeah. just play in front of a lot of coaches, and you could see <coughs> yeah we might have a bit of a diamond in the rough here. Yeah. Um, how, how was it to to kind of start that? Uh, uh, process and, and knowing what you needed to kind of improve in order to get the chance to get what you wanted at, at the college level. Good question. It was um, it was definitely a good start to be part of the showcase because it's easy to be out there and just playing alongside guys you know, don't know, and stuff like that. Um, and then started speaking with some coaches right after that. But I was there a year early, um, so I was playing with players that was going to go right after that showcase kind of um, yeah because this was in december 2016 correct yes. and then there were a lot of players there who were going to finish up high school and, leave uh, and then start college august 2017 but correct. you started very early which yeah. is a good thing mm-hmm. and then because you were going to go august 2018 because you're finishing high school yeah. uh, in, the, in the summer <laughs> of 2018 so Had we couldn't kind of do that any quicker correct yeah i think you just suggested that why not start the process early? Why not take part in the showcase early? It's not going to hurt you kind of thing. Um, and it worked. I mean, I didn't get any ACC offers. I don't even know if you had any ACC schools there. At I can remember the, the, showcase. The, the list of schools there. But but there were a lot of coaches interested in you. Yeah. So it was a bit of a like a hype around it. Hey, who's yeah. this big, big yeah, no. center back? Because you were still this, this tall back then, I feel. Uh, yeah, no, I was probably the same height. I don't know about uh, weight and... Uh, you're, you're, stuff, you're more, more muscle now <laughs> maybe a little bit uh, uh, but um no it was definitely a little bit of a hype after that first showcase and then like you said at that time i wasn't necessarily um 100 um ready or sure that i was going to go to the acc level even though that's what i wanted to do yeah we, um, we always kind of had hey we're still working towards that that was the goal and that was because i i asked you what should I do if I want to get drafted as my end goal? And you said, well, the ACC is the best conference in the country by far. And I said, let's shoot for that then. Let's try to go for that. And right away, the offers didn't come from there, obviously. It was still a little bit early. I still had some maturing to do. And then I started playing in the third tier in the Postnur Liga with uh, with Barum um, and switched from playing under 19s and like – youth soccer to actually playing senior soccer um which i think helped me uh, a good amount because yeah. you the potential was there but you you needed to really uh show that you could uh transition into the the men's mm-hmm. soccer game mm-hmm. not not just uh playing under 19s yeah. um and i would say and would like to get your take on it that you know post nur in norway so so third tier mm. uh you need to kind of do very well at that level to come in and be impact yeah. at a high division one level. Yeah. Uh, what, what, how do you feel that the, the difference was there in uh, coming from, from Norway playing a good level of senior soccer here com- compared to coming then to the ACC and, and playing there? It's a, it's a very good question and a question that 
I asked a lot before going over. Because they, they, all, they all ask they about all this because you want to know. Yeah, but it's I, really hard to explain that. It is, it is. And, and I think I have a pretty good, not, not a pretty good answer to it, but just like an overview that makes sense. So I was asking <clears throat> the guys that I knew that either was going to college, had been at college, or was coming home from college um, right before I went over. And I was asking them like, hey, everyone's saying like the level's different and it's... Um, the soccer is different over there like can you explain to me and I remember I was talking to um to one of those guys and he was just saying it's kind of hard to explain you just have to go over there and and witness it yourself and play there and that's exactly the way I feel right now I mean I think the difference is getting smaller and smaller because soccer in the states is developing a lot year after year they were kind of behind but they're catching up now um so the differences are getting smaller and smaller. But but it, I wouldn't say – a lot of people say that the college system is a lot more physical. And I don't think they mean that the players are just big players and more, more physical in general, but that the style of play is more physical, that maybe sometimes you're relying on individuals more than the team. Depends, obviously, on the program and how you play and stuff like that. Um, but – you see more times over there, I think, that teams with a couple of good players, two, three, four good players, can do very well. While back home, it would be more like of a team structure and a teamwork and that the whole group has to work together. Not that you don't do that in the U.S., but sometimes there's a little bit of a difference there. Oh. You can rely on you know, the individual player more than... The actual team a little bit more point. yeah not totally rely on obviously but um but a little bit more in some situations yeah yeah and then you come into your first year at virginia and uh it's a tough school and a tough program to mm -hmm. come into but mm. uh, not not to be mistaken with virginia it's virginia tech that yeah, that virginia rivalry and we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that a little bit yeah you, you come into i virginia. saw sievert was just shaking his head there <laughs> what, what yeah. are you, you come into virginia <laughs> tech and it, it's a tough program to come into yeah uh, but then you kicked it off by playing 20 out of 20 games and started 20 out of 20 games. Mm -hmm. That's not normal for a freshman coming in. It's not, and I wasn't expecting it either. I remember um, my first year, and when it all leads back to talking to Kim and the first meeting, really, like we were talking about, oh, yeah, you want to go ACC. And the reason that I wanted to go ACC was because I wanted to come into a system and a program where I wouldn't necessarily play my freshman year because I wanted to be in a situation where I had to develop into getting playing time and getting better and, and that way getting more minutes because ultimately I saw that helping me more towards the draft than just playing the whole time my freshman year. Yeah. So it's kind of like what you look at and what you think benefits you more, but at the same time I played everything my freshman year, so it, it, it was kind of funny, but um, no. It was a it was a great experience, and I remember actually. Um, I don't know if it was one of the first conversations, but early speaking to um, the Virginia Tech coach Briz um, after committing, uh, he mentioned to me because they had at the time the year before I came in a a six five center mid that was playing kind of the holding spot number six um, that was going to graduate when I was gone. And I don't think he had brought in anyone yet that he wanted to use in that spot. And he said, um, what do you think playing as a six, Siebert? 
And I said, I've never played there, but if you want me to play there, I'll give it a shot. I don't know if I can do a good job or not, but uh, I mean, I'll try. And then uh, preseason came and I started playing center back. I don't know if that was because he wanted me to just um, to, to get into it uh, in an easy way and in my position and and now play out of position the first couple of practices yeah. at least. But then he then me then he threw me in there in the midfield and I was surprised. I wasn't expecting it because he has he hadn't mentioned it from from that first time that he mentioned it, yeah, until, which was probably like eight months before or something. Yeah, like no, that. it was it was a long time. And when he mentioned it, it was just like surreal, and I thought he was joking. And yeah. then he threw me in there at like a pre-practice, actually before UVA, yeah. Virginia, that we were playing, which was my first game as a midfielder. And I felt like I had no clue what I was doing. I was just running around. Yeah. Actually, I was running around Joe Bell, that plays for uh, for Viking yeah, yeah. Uh, right now. Yeah, he was there uh, my first uh, my first and second year. So I... Big, I, big Bambi on ice there. Yeah, no, I felt like that, at least in the first game. But we tied Virginia, which was good away for us at that time. And they were a good team. Um, but definitely took some took some getting used to, to playing the midfield. But it was fun. And I think it helped me, um, yeah. ultimately, yeah. It did. I mean, I remember speaking to, to Briz, uh, head coach at, at VT, about that. Yeah. Uh, that maybe the, the first two seasons, it would be very beneficial for you to learn that defensive center mid role mm -hmm. you it would uh, certainly improve you as a center back because the plan was always that the last two seasons you're, you're playing center back correct and we had i remember speaking to your dad about it uh, many times like, hey gotta make sure that you know yeah because sievert he is a center back and yeah. you are but yeah. you you did well as a defensive center mid and it it improved your game you know you now you have to have more of a 360 view of the game when you have players uh, <laughs> all around you but as a yeah. center back it's mostly in front of you mm. uh so it help with your ball handling Absolutely. with your your you know find solutions with mm -hmm. with passes and and all that so i think it was a genius move by briz to to get you set up because it really improved you. Yeah. Uh, and today you need a modern center back that can <laughs> that can uh, keep the ball and mm -hmm. be a ball playing defender. Mm -hmm. And you have several defenders that have done the same thing. Vincent Company, for example, played mm -hmm. a defensive midfielder for a long exactly, time before yeah. transitioning into being a center back. So at the end of the day, I think it was a really, really good plan because yeah. you played a holding mid freshman year and sophomore year yes correct. and then transitioning into yeah. the center back role it, it actually was a transition going back from playing um center mid again back to center back because i mean i've always played center back but playing two years in that role in the midfield and then going back it kind of um at least yeah you had to switch back and it's different playing center back from playing center mid when you get the ball in the midfield like yes you're supposed to keep it but if you lose it, I mean, you have the whole back line behind you probably that can that can clean yeah. things up um, and, and slow them down at least. But as a center back, yes, you're supposed to be modern and yes, you're supposed to play and keep the ball. But your actual goal is to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. But if you can do that while doing these other things, then yes. But you, you, you that's have when to, you, you get that, that's when you get drafted, Saver. When you can <laughs> maybe, keep the maybe. clean sheets, you can exactly. score some goals on on, on the corner kicks yeah, and also yeah. uh, open up uh, with some good passes from the back. So there's a balance there that I had to. Uh, I felt that a little bit when I came back from from playing center mid and playing center back again. Sometimes I I took a little bit some risky decisions in the back that I probably shouldn't. Mm. 
But, you know, you learn from that and got through it. And then... 18 and, yellow cards and two red cards later, you've learned from it, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some heavy challenges later. Yeah. I had to clean up some of my mistakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we, we, we talk about Virginia, the big rivalry between Virginia Tech and, and mm. University of Virginia. Uh, you had some good, good derby games there, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually... It annoys me a little bit because until I think it was my junior year, that was the first time I lost against them. And if you don't know, Virginia Tech has not had a very good record against UVA, which I call them, which is Virginia uh, Cavaliers, um, over the course of I don't know how many years because Virginia has been um, a very good soccer program for many years and they won many national championships and stuff like that. Um, so Virginia Tech, we were, we're kind of behind them for a while. And so when I got in, it was like every time we were playing UVA, it was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Well, now it's changed a little bit. But I've only lost to them once through my four years, and I think I've played them like six or seven times, um, if you also count the friendlies in the spring and stuff like that. But and that one loss hurt a little bit. But it's definitely fun, very fun games because you get a huge crowd. How, how many? How many are we talking? I mean, this like, probably post COVID times it was easier to get f fill it up. Yeah, uh, no, no, we had a so we played them now um, this past semester. Um, I think it was one of our first home games as well. So obviously, if 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 it's your home opener, it draws a bigger crowd, and UVA is always a big crowd. So I think, um, and we had our we had full capacity at that time, uh, and. Probably still have, but um, and I full ca full capacity at VT is. Uh, so we had the stands were full, and then people were standing around the field as well, um, around the fences, um, kind of looking through. So I think all in all, like the stands take like three thousand, and then probably another thousand around the field, so four thousand something yeah. like that, which was that's very fun. And we yeah. won in overtime, so that was even more fun. Yeah, the overtime yeah. wins at home in front of four thousand plus, yeah. uh, and th this is not quiet fans either. No, nah. this is uh, yeah. uh, they're cheering you on. Yeah, it's a good atmosphere, and it's uh, it's friends and 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 people from the school that has a heart for for rooting for you, and yeah, they care about especially if you win against your rival. Yeah. You you had uh, uh, I remember speaking to your dad about this because he he would uh, of course like most parents do uh, you know with their kids going over they will try and watch every game right and mm. he, you know with the time difference and everything it's sometimes the quite awkward times uh, mm. to mm. to watch this and sometimes you have to just uh, do the live you know follow it live on Twitter on and Twitter, wait for yeah. the highlights to come and yep. there was one night he was saying that. Uh, he, you know, you, you were down, I think, uh, you were playing Marshall, right? Defending yeah, national champion, yep. D1 champion yep. in 2021. And you were playing them and you were down 2-0. Uh, yeah. And then he went up to, actually. at halftime. Yeah. And then you, he, he went up to, uh, I guess, get a coffee or something. And so he didn't watch the game for like five minutes. And yeah. then in that time you had scored two goals and yeah. it was 2-2. Two, two, yeah. And yeah. eventually you ended up winning that game 3-2. Yeah. Uh, what an awesome awesome game for you yeah that was good and a good story for my dad as well because <laughs> i i don't really score that often so i mean he he probably thought he was safe from from 
going up upstairs getting a coffee at least not missing a goal of mine because the chances of that are, are very slim but it happened twice actually and in, in five minutes in against five the minutes. national champion yeah and uh. they were ranked number one at the time as well um and we turned that game around and won one three two so it was it was great but um you asked me the other day what's like one of my best memories and that sounds like one of the best memories because i mean Yes, I scored two goals personally, and you beat the number one team in the country, also reigning national champions. Um, but that game, we played at a neutral site um, at JMU, which is like two hours north um, from from Blacksburg, where Virginia Tech is. Um, so if that was that game was either at Marshall's place or our place, I would probably put that at the top of my list. But just because playing at home or playing somewhere away where the fans are great or and our fans are always great at home. Um, it didn't really live up to that. Yes, it was cool and everything, and it looks great, obviously, but fans are important, and I love them. So they make, for example, the UVA game a more memorable, memorable game for me. Yeah, But in, in Portland, they they have a pretty awesome fan base there. I've heard that. I've heard that. The best so, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some say, yeah. So you feel prepared for uh, for, for <coughs> delivering in front of uh, fans? Is that a motivation for you? Not really that many, I think, because I th I think I, I googled it the other day. Uh, I was talking to some of my friends, um, and they were saying, or I was actually saying the same thing that you were saying. Yeah, known to be the best fan base in the U.S. Um, and stuff like that. And I was just like typing in average attendance for the um, for the season that was just now. Um, and they average over 20,000 per game, which is different uh, from 4,000 um, one game a year. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I can be ready for that, really, but I think the transition will be fine. Yeah. I'm not really uh, a nervous guy in that way, but still I haven't played in front of that many people um, people yet. I actually did play in front of 8,000 this summer uh, in Des Moines, the final there, um, probably the largest crowd I've played in front of. But... It's a big step from 8,000 to over 20. Oh. So we'll see, but I think I'll be fine. We'll um, reach out to Adam Larsson Karasai, who played for Portland Timbers for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. he did, yeah. yeah right. He did. Right. So we'll, we'll reach out to him and, and he'll yeah. maybe give you some inside information. Some tips, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could take some hints. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Adam is actually my neighbor in Ringnes Park. Uh, so uh, and obviously your oh, really? current agent, he uh, mm -hmm. he worked with Adam mm -hmm. and... Uh, and now you, uh, so yeah, you're in good hands there too. Uh, probably a good idea to to get in touch with him and get some uh, yeah. get get some advice before you head out. Probably know some stuff about the about the town and the city and the place in general. Yeah, and the club. Yep. Yeah, because he's uh, he's done really well. Uh, yep. for that club. I mean, he retired now, but he he did extremely well. He won the MLS championship. He um, obviously played for Ghana at the same time. So Adam Lashon Karasai had a tremendous yeah. career at the MLS. Yeah, yeah. top player. Yeah, you talk about the 8,000 fans at Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, this was the national championship game in the Summer League in USL 2, which mm. is a very good place for college players to play in the summer. You know, it helps them with getting getting their fitness ready and match mm. fitness for the, for the season in the fall. Uh, but it's also a very, very good arena to be seen by the pro teams mm -hmm. and um, you obviously ended up at Des Moines um, and I was speaking to Mark McKeever who's the he's a 
Scottish head coach in college, and he's also coaching there in the summer. A lot of the college coaches do also do do this, and mm -hmm. he was looking for players, and I thought, hey, I think Sievert would be great for that, because I knew Mark is very good at building good teams, yeah. and I was at this team, you ended up winning the national title. It was a very, very good move to, to go there. Yeah, when I asked you about where I should go um, to play in that league over the summer, I wasn't expecting you to send me to the to the national champion, but that happened. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. It was great for me, for my development, and for my for my standing. And I think it helped me um, helped me in the draft. And yeah, we had a great team. And and Mark was a really really good coach and a really really good person. Um, and and we made it all the way. And it was it, it was a great summer, very fun. Yeah. Because how is it that you? Because obviously, looking back, there was a couple of guys, at least one guy that was uh, in, uh, playing with you this summer that ended up being drafted uh, this time around as well. Mm -hmm. uh, your forward. It was there. two, actually. It was two, even yeah. two. Yeah. So, my point on this is a very good place to showcase your abilities. Yeah. Uh, it, it helps. Uh, but but this is different, right? With the with the summer leagues, you know, they kind of handpick the players from colleges mm -hmm. that want to come out and play, and of course, build mm -hmm. build a good team, and then you come together and quite quickly have to become a team. Yeah. Um, and you had to difference another place in the US, Des Moines in Iowa, yeah. different from Blacksburg, Virginia, of course. Yeah. How, how was that summer for you? Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I hadn't played in that league before. I was supposed to play the summer before, if you remember, um, but that got canceled because of COVID. And then um, the next summer came and I got in contact with you and you put me in contact with Mark and Des Moines. Um, and I said, yeah, let's just do it. <clears throat> and um, it worked out pretty well, but I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I had my school and I was comfortable in Blacksburg, Virginia and everything there. Um, and then you move on to a different place for just a couple of months, maybe three months if you're there early. Um, and you're supposed to get together with, um, with a whole new group. And Mark had actually brought in a ton of players from from diff different schools so i think he's been in a game a long time so he's got a lot of contacts that he trusts from different schools d1 d2 and uh, different systems um and i think he just asked some coaches around hey do you have some players good players quality that want to that want to play um usl2 and in, in the summer um if you do please send them my way if they're interested so we had a we had a very big group in the beginning there, so it was it was hard to know everyone's name, honestly, if I'm <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest. Um, and I was sleeping on an air mattress the first week, um, getting to Iowa, um, because we were that many players, and they had like put us into these apartments, which were super nice, and it was perfect to live like next door to to, to everyone. Um, but I was on an air mattress the first week, and I remember I was because I got there late, um, since we were playing in the national championship with Virginia Tech. Um, so there were four spots per apartment um, and one air mattress in the beginning, and all the four beds were obviously taken when I got there. And I texted Mark, I don't think the first or second night, but when it got a little bit later and my back was hurting a little bit from that air mattress, and I was texting him, like, how long am I supposed to be on this thing for? <laughs> and he said, um, <clears throat> don't worry, people are going to start leaving pretty soon. And I, and, I meant, and I said, what do you mean by leaving? And he said, I mean, see, we can't have 50 players, like, the whole summer. You understand that? So he just brought in a lot of players that were all very good and all wanted to do something with the soccer and get better that summer um, and play for a good team. And then he kind of like just, 
handpicked i want you i want you i want you and told him you're you're fine to stay here if you want to if you want to train with us and stuff like that but i don't see you playing that much and let me get you in contact with someone else type of thing so yeah he brought a huge group in and then then picked who he wanted to from from that group of quality players and 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 it worked out pretty well in the end and it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of great uh friends i still have from that summer um and obviously it, it helped a little bit that we went the whole way. Yeah, It's funny that we, you know, then you start getting to know players from different uh, countries and, and other colleges and that become your friends. And I mean, we, through our colleagues in in, in Spain, I know you're now good friends with some that yeah. got help from them to go mm-hmm. over. And, you know, it, it's a really good networking thing. Um, yeah. And that's what it's also all about to be part of a team and then yeah. of course special bonds uh, created when you actually win something together too and you were a very dominant part of that team and, and you scored some absolute bangers uh, in, in that season too I don't know you say you're not scoring goals but wow I've seen a lot of good good goals from you oh, when you first scored them I was thinking about at Virginia Tech then when I said that I did score some goals this summer actually I don't know what Mark did to me we were doing more finishing practice than we do at Virginia Tech maybe but I was um so I played as a center back the regular season the summer, and then we had we had a set of very good center backs that were playing, and maybe we were lacking lit a little bit at the number six spot, the the holding mid, which he knew I could play. So he pushed me up there in the game, and I did pretty well. Um, so he kept me there for the for the playoffs, and I mean it worked well. So I can't blame him for that. Yeah. We'll have to put up those uh, those uh, goals you scored there. Absolute yeah. rockets from yeah. uh, from well, far out. One was a rocket. Okay. The other one was more top ends. Okay, yeah, top ends. Yeah, top top ends. Top ends is top ends, but it doesn't have to be a rocket. No. But uh, <laughs> tell uh, for those who might not know how the summer league really works. How mm-hmm. many games per week do you play? Because it's, it's pretty intense for yeah. those months you're there. Mm-hmm. Can you just quickly uh, give us a breakdown of how the summer league works? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm not an expert on it. You can probably ask some other guys that have played there two or three times. I've only been there once and only one place, obviously. But um, it's a lot of games. Um, So you play at least two games a week from like May until end of July, almost into august almost if you may if if you make it the whole way i think the final was like august 1st or something like that um so it's a lot of games but um what des moines did and what mark the coach there did was yes he brought in a lot of players in the beginning and then yes he let someone go but he had a he had a big group the whole time so he could rotate players throughout throughout the season because one he didn't want players to get hurt for for himself and two he didn't want players to come back to their colleges and them being hurt because obviously if next year he was going to ask that same coach for a player you wouldn't send him again if 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 they just keep coming back hurt and so that was good for me I mean I didn't play too much it was fine it was a good balance um but um but I got a lot of match fitness in um and and a lot of fun times yeah so it was good it was very good and a good level as well yeah, a lot of good teams, especially once you got through the playoffs, and I didn't really expect that. I um, and I hadn't I hadn't heard much about that summer league before playing in it. I knew that I, it would be a smart decision for me going towards the draft and my standing there and stuff. Um, I didn't necessarily understand why, um, but it's just how it is. The U.S. system sometimes sometimes things is what it is, yeah. and, and and this was one of those, but. 
Um, I didn't really know what the level was going to be like. I didn't know if I was going to go in there and and not play a single minute or if I was going to go in there and thought it was the same as college pretty much or where I was playing at in the ACC or if I was going to go in there and it was going to be a lot better. Um, <clears throat> but it was some somewhere in between the two last ones where the level was really good, yep. especially where I was at. I remember one of the first practices coming in there um, – I didn't play the first game because I got there kind of late. I think I got there the day before our season opener. Um, and I was watching the first game, and we were playing the three-back system. So, obviously, I was looking at the three center backs playing. It was a Spanish guy on the right, Spanish guy on the left, then an English guy from Newcastle in the middle, um, all three good friends of mine. And I was texting my dad uh, during the game or after the game or something like that, and I was just like, these guys are really good. Like, good, good center backs. Like, we didn't – I don't think we conceded many goals that season, and and obviously they did a huge job there. Um, so I was just like, I told him honestly, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm gone here like in a couple of weeks or or, or in some time because I know he's going to start making cuts, and these guys are very good. So I mean, it it helped me a lot that I had to push myself and I had to like be on top of my game the whole time yeah. because. Yeah, nah, they were quality players, and there were quality players everywhere on that team. Um, and there were center backs, I mean, if I'm looking at it from my standpoint, that that were very, very good and had some serious quality that he just told them, I'm sorry, but I'm looking at played other players in front of you. So, nah, it was great, great for my development. Yeah. Uh, it pushes pushes you, no, no doubt, mm -hmm. which, which helped. Uh, and in the end, lifting the title. Let's talk about uh, draft night Tuesday. I mean, we've been building it up because we had some good reports. You, uh, you know, you you done well. Yeah. You, um, you you were on this list of all the eligible players that could be picked. It's our list of like 170 players. That was a lot. Uh, it's a lot, it's of, a lot of players that uh, one is to you know be on that list, so you 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 do have the chance to be picked on draft night, uh, and then. Draft system is very different uh, to, I mean, it's a very US thing, but it's mm. a very exciting thing. It uh, is. Where, you know, each of the MLS clubs, I think there were 28 teams, right? They they all get a, get picks and it's mm -hmm. based on kind of how, how well your team did last season. Correct. It, it, that's There's a lot of ins and outs, but, you know, in general terms, it's the team that finished the uh, bottom of the league last year get the first pick Correct. Uh, the next year in the draft. Mm -hmm. And the ones that won, you know, Ronnie Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, New York City FC, they won. They, they beat the they beat Portland. They had yeah. uh, the, the second and the, uh, and the uh, absolute last pick yeah. in, in this round's draft. And then there were three rounds and everyone had one pick per round to start with and then you can trade and stuff like yeah. that but yeah so, so there's a uh, potential of, uh, <laughs> it, it does take a bit of time to uh, you know the first round where every club they have four minutes yeah. uh and in order to 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 pick a team so it's it obviously starts on uh, the first team uh, they have four minutes to pick their player I mean they they can choose whoever they want so mm -hmm. they could in, they, they know their draft pick well ahead but they take they their time they you know it's all that yeah. uh, building up in the studio it's yeah no that first round was long it, it took a long time there's and there's a lot of things that happen during a draft round where the, the clubs can actually trade mm -hmm. you know picks in between them so it might have been Chicago who's picking number five and then you know, Toronto might call them, hey, we really want to buy your pick from you so you can get our 12th pick instead of, and we take yours yeah, yeah. with a little bit of cash, you know. Yeah. So th there's a lot of moving parts to this and you have agents 
work in the clubs you have uh, you know it must be very difficult for the for the clubs to they, they must have done a very good job beforehand to be prepared to kind yeah. of hey who do we want right yeah. and because you don't know who's going to be available when it's your time to pick yeah so Exactly. But it is a fun system. Uh, they do they do drag it out in in the broadcast. Uh, but um, uh, you know it, it's it's that you know I'm sitting with next to you in in the living room watching this and uh, you know it's that every time someone's gonna pick you're you're I'm sitting looking at you thinking oh I hope that's my name being picked. <laughs> How was the feeling uh, whenever there was. Uh, there was a hey pick us in let's hear let's go to to this club to see what what they choose yeah it was a weird feeling um i'm usually kind of a calm guy i don't get like winded up usually i'm not really that nervous often um but i was this time um i don't know if nervous is the right word maybe excited i mean things were looking good and we had gotten some insight that made things look like I was going to go maybe. Um, but you never know. And nothing is 100%, especially not in a huge puzzle like that. I think you're the one that told me the day before or something when I said, yeah, things are looking good maybe and stuff like that. And you were just like, look, listen, it's a it's a huge puzzle and things have to go your way um, in order for it to work out. But it, it, was a, it was a weird feeling and you never know. So when the first, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to go like early in the first round, which I didn't at all um but still i mean you're you're sitting ready and if your name pops up obviously there's a chance but no it was a it was a it was a fun fun night and a and a, and a weird experience to be honest yeah it was and then you know we, we watched the whole first round and mm -hmm. you know we have you know we're texting with the you know your representative in in the in the u.s that is of course also working the case in with with the clubs and mm. he's like yeah i'm, I'm thinking this pick it might yeah. be for you and yeah. you know it's, it's so many so we we're thinking oh yeah pick number 21 yeah. it might be that it might be that and then pick 21 and then comes another and like, oh and then you're like oh yeah so okay we'll just keep going so that's why it's uh i think it's a it's a the, the mindset to have in before a draft as an international player because you're mm. also a little bit of a disadvantage being international in a draft yeah. because of all the, the the spots that yeah. are reserved for internationals is not uh, would be easier for you if you were American mm. right because of the there is yes. some of the restrictions yeah. but you, you have to take being drafted as an extreme bonus mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, you, you, it's not luck, but it's it's a little bit of you know the cards have to fall in the right place yep, yep, type of thing, yep. and and it did for you. It did, but it, it it did in kind of a weird way. I mean, I was you get some indications, like you said beforehand or during or whatever, where where you might go and who might pick you, like who's been interested beforehand, who have you been talking to more than others, and stuff like that, and. Um, I mean, we, we got some indications from my representative and the guy I'm working with that um, there were some teams and not only one that said, look, if you're available in the second round, we're, we're, we're going to pick you 100%. And I was just like, there's nothing, there's no such thing as 100% in this draft. Because, I mean, if, if there's a player that they didn't expect that was going to be available in the second round, obviously they'll pick him before me. So right. I remember... Kim Kim was sitting at the edge of his chair because there was a there was a team that was going to pick that maybe we've talked to or maybe said they were going to pick me in the second round if I was available and I was so we were all like expecting my name to come up but we also 
all knew that it, it didn't necessarily have to. And I mean, it didn't. I didn't get picked in the second round. Um, yeah. I was I, sitting there I, with my with my <laughs> phone just filming you. Like, I want to get his reaction when the name is this call here. And I saw it, that. Never, I have like uh, so many clips I'll probably delete from my phone. That was just five <laughs> minutes that. of filming that. your face, right? Yeah. Uh, and then um, and then the, the stream started lagging a little bit and stuff like that. And then those picks in the second round that we were looking at kind of uh, we went past that so we we kind of knew okay now it's the third round or nothing and yeah. then but the draft tracker was just uh, it was a mess cause it was it, it, it was for, for a moment there was like 15 yeah. minutes and nothing yeah. happened and yeah. then still they had picked but they hadn't uploaded on the site and it was it was all kind of mixed up and we were kind of getting stressed out yeah there. so i think the round three was just about to start and I mean, I was I was hoping I was going to go there, and then my representative calls on the phone, and he says, um, "Portland done deal," and I was like, "What do you mean, Portland done deal? They're not <laughs> even up on the board. Like their pick is way down there in the thir third round." And I was like, "Okay, maybe he's way ahead of me then." And he was just like, "No, no, no. My draft tracker is just the same as yours, but I just see on Twitter Portland posted that they drafted you." <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just go up on Twitter and I found found that so. The draft tracker was behind, so I didn't really get the official message from from that page a little bit later. But um, uh, we were, yeah, we're a little bit stressed one. at that time. I was like, "Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure no, that I I've been drafted?" I asked because I, I can't say I've times. been drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it, it was a weird one, but um, yeah. it doesn't get more official than Portland Timbers putting on their uh, yeah, a no. picture of you playing. We're, we're that's it. We end. drafted you. We're so uh, yeah, uh, what an uh, unbelievable feeling that it was to to then yeah. Get in. It was, Your yeah. name. It was, okay, yeah. here we go. You've been given that opportunity to show Portland that hey, this is what I'm. Uh, I'm all about, yeah. and and earn that that contract. A great feeling, and that's that's pretty much what you're looking for in the draft. It doesn't matter if you go into first round, second round, or third round. I mean, there's a difference, obviously, and it's a little bit status to get picked in the first round. But I think pretty much everyone gets the same opportunity. Yeah. Um, so. Because your, your, your teammate went in the first round. He was the first round draft pick uh, the year before. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. He so wasn't even just the first round draft pick. Or he was, but he was also the first pick in the whole draft. Yeah. And I was on an. Uh, he's the one that announced the Austin FC pick in the first round, actually, on the live stream um, yeah. during the draft. Um, and he, he called you right after the right draft after, was over. Yeah, I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah, Hermano, he's, a good, he's a good friend of mine. He's a yeah. great kid. Uh, he was. I was on an MLS call yesterday um, with all the draft picks and stuff and just going through some some different stuff. Um, and he was on there as one of the guys talking about how it, it's it been playing his first year, rookie year, because obviously it was kind of like a, a rookie invitation Zoom call. Um, so he was there talking and I was texting with him during that thing. And he was just like, I can't believe I'm on here. Like, why am I speaking to you? He's like my... He's like my son because he got drafted um, his sophomore year. I think he signed one of those Generation Adidas deals, um, which is a, it's called. Um, very good player. Yeah, probably one of the most talented players I've ever played with. Uh, I played with him in the midfield uh, for. Yeah, it was one season I played in the midfield with him, and then the next year I played center back. But yeah, he's unreal. Yeah. Hopefully you'll play against he's him this, this year yeah, and, and, uh, and show him yeah. who's, who's boss. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> might, might be an orange card on him then. <laughs> yeah, it might be an orange card on him. Yeah. So tell us now, uh, you might fly out to Portland tomorrow, right? Yep. And then there's a couple of exciting weeks ahead. Yep. Yeah, I don't really know much what's going on yet. 
Um, it's kind of still up in the air, but um, they want me in tomorrow. Um, and because of the time difference and stuff like that, that probably means leaving tomorrow morning. So I don't know how early or exactly what flight yet, but um, we'll figure that out. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And then things are going to happen over there, I guess, uh, preseason and stuff and meeting new people and getting new, used to a new place and and just trying to just trying to deliver and do my thing and do everything in my power to uh, hopefully get a contract. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times ahead now. Um, definitely. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, to following that uh, journey of yours, which is just now getting started. You, you mm -hmm. said it yourself, yeah. back pocket. You have a a pretty darn good uh, degree too, because Virginia <laughs> Tech it's uh, it's not just good in in, in soccer. It's also world-renowned academic institution and you have yeah. a very good degree from there mm. you will probably need it at one point yeah. uh, even though you play 15 years of pro now hopefully uh it's always good to come come back with some academic credentials yeah um, but lastly Sievert, i mean uh, what a story it has been to kind of see you grow and i don't mean in more height because you were still <laughs> six foot five when i first met you i think and i always feel small when i'm in the room with you and your brother and your, your dad sitting down right That's right. Yeah, you, yeah. you have a stool we're standing <laughs> we're you're standing. still taller than yeah, us yeah, yeah. um but uh hard work has paid off here mm -hmm. you still have to go out and, and make it uh professionally and, and show what, what you can do um but uh, what what's your advice to others uh, that are thinking about hey professional route mm. college route can be a thing mm. i mean you've you've done that but what mm. what are the best things about the college experience and how it it set you up for this oh wow it's multiple things i would say that we've talked about throughout this podcast um obviously a huge deal of it it's getting an education as well and it's possible to get it paid for as well um, but I mean, it's a huge, huge journey and a lot of experiences along the road, um, and doing that in a different country, um, which if players are, are using you, they would probably move away from their home country and to the U S um, it's a great experience. Um, and there's a lot of different experiences. I think you can learn a lot from, so, I mean, it's no question been the best three and a half years of my life. I mean, you're living the dream and at least if you come come into the whole process and the whole journey kind of with with open arms and an open mind um, and expect that things are a little bit different, just deal with it, get on with it and 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 make the best of it. but it's uh, it can be to put put it in a cool way what I what I tell my friends that I'm back here now because they're studying here and and, and school is a little bit different in the US, especially if you're an athlete. And they asked me, well, well, how's it been and stuff. And I and I always said, like, man, like it feels like I've been on vacation like for three and a half years with my buddy playing soccer, having fun, and I'm sitting left with a degree and a possibility to get drafted because this was before the draft, and now a possibility to sign a contract with an MLS team. So I mean, it's an it's an unreal opportunity if you approach it in the right way, and it, it almost sounds too good to be true. Fantastic. Sievert, we wish you all the best uh, and good luck in Portland. Show them uh, show them what you can do. We are uh, looking forward to seeing you hopefully in the MLS this, this season. Thank you so much and thank you for having me on this podcast.